This is the Life Story Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1, with Leah Huggins, author of Love Lottery. Love conquers all. Good morning. I'm Kaylee B, and this is the Life Story Podcast. This podcast is meant to be a platform for people to share their life stories. Our life stories don't always define us, but they give us our purpose, the reasons that we choose to continue experiencing life as a human on this earth with and for each other in all of life's painful and joyful moments. For the first season of the Life Story Podcast, we are focusing on stories of resilience. Resilience is the ability to recover after a stressful or traumatic event. Hearing other stories makes it possible for us to not only empathize with their pain or their struggles, but also to feel and experience for ourselves the joy and the love that can be found again after such intense sadness and hurt. My guest today is the absolutely lovely Leah Huggins, author of the children's book, Love Lottery, which is currently on Kickstarter and set to be released this fall, 2020. And what a year to be releasing a book focused on love. During this episode, you'll get to hear Leah's story and how she found and cultivated resilience through intense pain. So Leah, welcome. It's so good to see you again. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm happy to have you. We are ready to hear your story. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. I like, I don't even know where you start. I feel like, you know, for resilience, you know, you kind of just have to change your expectations a little bit. And, you know, even starting with today, I really wanted to like get up and be beautiful for you and showered. And you know what? I I didn't do that. And that's okay. I'm still showing up, right? That's your hair. I love it. Um, so Oh, let me rewind. Um, my story of resilience is, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tricky one because it involves more people than just me. So I, I keep my story a little bit close to my heart because it's not just my story to share. And I feel like a lot of people will relate to that. So you know, I want to, I want to be raw. I want to be real. And I want to, you know, kind of encourage people along, you know, their journey of resilience. But I just hope that you appreciate me not being completely an open book right now and kind of saving, you know, some of my, my sadness just for myself, but to talk about resilience and Absolutely. And I I definitely think people can relate to that, that not your story doesn't need to be um, told over and over again. But people need to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, whatever they're going through. We don't need to keep reliving those things. Right. But we know we need to know that there is a way out. And so that's why I'm super excited to have you here, because I think it is really important that we we have a conversation about, you know, not having to talk about your story all the time, not having to repeat that narrative to yourself. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to share a little snippet of a, of a real, a real life example of, you know, I was like in one of my darkest times. I was so sad. I was so depressed. I, 
was heartbroken. I felt, you know, just shattered and, you know, you still have to get up and you have to do life. And I, you know, still had to be a mom and I was doing the best I could. And I came home from like bringing my little guy to the park to find that my dog had eaten an entire bag of chocolate and then literally poop all over the house. And like, do you know what I, like, it's, you're like, no way, Mm -hmm. everything else. And I just remember, I'll never forget this moment. I'm like on my hands and knees, cleaning up dog poop, going through some of my hardest times saying, I could do hard things. I could do hard things. (laughs) Like, I'm just trying to keep it together. And, you know, I just, I chanted that to myself, you know, that I can do hard things. And you know, being where I am now and looking back on what I went through, I did hard things. And I, to be on the other side of pain is, it's so rewarding, but it's so hard to see it when you're in the middle of pain. It's like, oh man, I just want to hug anybody who's just (laughs) their heart broken right now for whatever reason, because you just, you can't, you just can't imagine what life will be on the other end, but, you know, being here where I am, I'm so thankful I went through what I went through because now I have this crazy appreciation of love after pain and, yeah. you know, happy again. And, you know, and, and I think when you, when you go through a hard journey and then you recover from whatever that is, it's like, you know, it's, it's like the best accomplishment that you can ever do. So, you know, whatever you're going through, whoever's listening to this, I just really, really encourage you to keep that flashlight on, (laughs) keep on, you know, searching for the light through the dark. And I, I just, I know it's out there. So definitely. And when we talked last time, I mean, you, you have this like super positive personality. And you told me how, you know, that kind of brought you through a lot of your pain that you constantly had this, like, no, I'm, I'm, I am a positive person. I want to be that positive light for other people. Can you kind of tell me a little bit about that again? Cause I, I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've always, I've always wanted to show up for people and be their happy. You know, I just, I never wanted to be anybody's pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always tried to be people's sunshine and light. And like, you know, I have friends that are like, Leah, I totally, you know, used your little Leo wisdom today. And um, I don't know. I just try to be sunshine. And when I went through a really hard time, I, I didn't have any of that. Like I just, I went dark. I went silent. You know, I just, I didn't feel like I really had anything to offer. And, um, uh, I don't, are you talking about kind of my writing journey too, when I was talking about, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've kind of, you you told me a little bit about, you know, how, how this, how this idea of like you being a light in other people's lives really changed the trajectory of of where you were going, right? Because that that's kind of, it's who you are naturally. And I, I believe that we people are naturally positive and, and forward thinking and that sometimes bad things happen and it kind of gets us stuck. But if you can find that 
you know, you talked about like finding these little things, um, and had how that pulled you out of, of the darkness. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, and we, I know it was part of your writing journey, so I definitely, I'd love for you to talk about that as well. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I was going through a really hard time, I did start to write, you know, kind of dark. I, I, I did. I wrote this vigilante story and, you know, at the time that's, that's, that was my expression. And as I kind of journeyed forward, I was like, this isn't who I am. This isn't who I want to be. I don't want to, just because something bad happened to me, I don't want to change who I am at my core. And I really wanted to go back to being who I who I knew I could be. And so I started to focus on love and I started to, you know, write these really sweet stories and it was so healing to me. You know, it was like giving myself permission to be me again after a sad time. Yeah, definitely. And that's what resilience is, right? Is how, how you're able to come back to a state of peace and calm after a stressful event. Um, so another thing that you told me about was this flashlight analogy, and I love it so much. And I think, you know, a lot of people think and speak in analogies. And it's, the reason we do that is because it helps us make connections between other things that are going on. Can you tell um, the listeners about this flashlight analogy? Because it was just so, it made so much sense to me when you said it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, I just, I remember um, just feeling like I was in this dark room, like pitch black room. I didn't know, you know, what was in front of me, where to go. And, you know, my story of resilience is kind of like, if you feel yourself in that dark room, just, you know, get on your hands and knees, do whatever you need to look for the flashlight, you know, and when you find the flashlight, you know, then you got to look for the batteries and you got to put the batteries in the flashlight as you fumble through all, all of this. And then eventually you turn the flashlight on and you, you know, you find your way out of that dark room. And, you know, it's a simple analogy, but, you know, I think whatever we can remind ourselves of or gravitate towards to get us through I mean, if you are listening to this and you feel like you're in that dark room, go find a flashlight, put it next to your night table, you know, just turn it on and remind yourself that you have the power to turn on light at, at any time. You just have to give yourself the batteries to do it. Um, Leah, what were some other ways that you found yourself or noticed yourself experiencing um, resilience after going through this pain and heartbreak, like what were the, the little, um, moments that you started to notice in your life? Um, you know, sometimes it was creating an intentional moment. Um, you know, putting on a comedy show, you know, I think sometimes you have to allow yourself a break from your thoughts. And if you can offer some kind of distraction or little piece, you know, I feel like that's a win. All of a sudden, it's not like you're, you're, you just go from pain to happy. It doesn't shift like that. It's, yeah. it's yeah. these little intentional moments 
you know, maybe it's making yourself a cup of tea and putting in the honey and doing a little lemon wedge and like, you know, just I'm, I'm worth this. Like I'm worth this 10 minutes of spoiling myself or reading a good book or I mean, whatever brings peace or happiness, you have to allow yourself those little tiny moments to just separate from the pain and just be, you know, just live for the simple. I I mean, I guess that's the best way to do it. Like, it doesn't have to be profound, you know, it has to be a simple escape, a simple, you know, conversation. I just, I started living for moments and I feel like when I, when I took this huge, big piece and I, I just brought it down to a little tiny moment that I had control over, I felt in control again. I felt like I could intentionally create this moment. And then those moments just became more and they became you know, less intentional, right? Like you just kind of naturally create them. But I feel like when you're in pain, you have to intentionally do things to bring yourself out. And, you know, one thing that I still remember this moment is, you know, I was so sad and I just, I think, wanted to be in bed all day long. And I just remember I wanted to be a good mom and I wanted a moment more than I wanted to be sad. So I feel like sometimes you just have to want something more than what you're going through. So it's not, it's not taking away. It doesn't mean that you can't honor what you're going through. You just have to want something more. And in my case, it was, you know, I wanted to be the best mom possible. So, you know, that was it for me. Like the rest is the rest is just a painful memory that I don't have to go to as much anymore. Yeah, that's good. And so out of all of this, out of all of these little moments and the, the you know, sort of building a, building moments that would help you sort of get out of this, you started writing. And you started writing this gorgeous story Thank that's you. rhyming and it's it's I love it so much. Um for everyone who's listening, it's going to be in the show notes, the the link to the Kickstarter. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about the story and kind of how it developed and what your process was in writing this? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot of story behind the story. <laughs> and I even have you know, fun little things about it. It wasn't, it all, it didn't all come from a place of pain. Um, so do you want me to share some of my fun little? Yeah, please. Absolutely. (laughs) Give you, just to give you a quick little synopsis. I have always been someone that I try to do things for people to create a lifetime memory. I feel like, you know, the older we get, it's the memories that, you know, give us power. Mm-hmm. And when my little boy turned one, I wrote squeak, squeak, squeaker, the mouse who's been squeaking in this old house. And I crocheted this little tiny mouse and I took pictures of it around our house. And I just wanted to do something for him to have that was, you know, just so cute. cute. And like showed how much I loved him. And then we did a whole mouse themed birthday party. And, um, 
about two weeks after his birthday, we found out we had a mouse infestation in our basement. What? <laughs> like, like an entire mouse family. And I still remember, I mean, it, it, if you've ever had mice, it's so gross. You have to like scrub <laughs> stuff away. And it was just, I still remember cleaning with my husband and he looks at me and he goes, so did you know about the mice? Like, did you manifest the mice? And I was like, no, I promise. I don't know what this is all about. Oh my God. And so he said, can I just make one request? Can your next book be about the lottery? So I've always, I've always had that in my mind, right? Like Mm -hmm. the lottery. And then, um, you know, you fast forward life, 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 sad, happy, sad, happy. a journey, really. A journey, a journey <laughs> of life. And we found out we were pregnant and I wanted to write a book for my second son and do mm-hmm. kind of the same cute little forever keepsake memory. And um, I sat down and wrote the love lottery. So that's kind of like the happy story of it all, yeah, right? Yeah, like it's yeah, funny yeah. and it's happy. And then, you know, in the middle of that, when I was going through the hardest time, we were uprooting our life. We were moving. We were, you know, navigating in that dark room with like a, like a broken flashlight. I felt like I had like, you know, tap it a million times just to get a little dim light. And we actually found out we were pregnant while moving. So this This baby, my baby ended up being the biggest light in my darkest time. And, and I think children are that, you know, I really do. And so I pulled from all of these real emotions and real feelings. And when I started to, you know, focus on love, it just kind of poured from my fingertips and I wrote so much. I feel like I probably could have wrote a novel. (laughs) Kids don't like novels. What <laughs> <So, laughs> a kid bucket sense. Oh, but um, anyways, that's kind of I get distracted sometimes. I have no idea what my point was, but that's like kind of my story of happy and sad all mushed into one. And it's beautiful. And and that was that was the question, right? Was what was the process in getting you to this story? So um, no, that's that's amazing, and thank you for sharing. And w- another thing we talked about last time was how how this story is for more than more than kids, right? Because you know, kids at the age at the age that this book is for are being read to by their parents typically, or by adults that are are caring for them. And so, can you talk to me a little bit about? why the message in the book is important to kids and adults both. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of think these kids are many adults anyways. I mean, they're around our life. They're around our conversations. I mean, they, they probably know far more than we ever give them credit for. And so I like to speak to kids as adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of how I parent anyways. You know, I really, I don't try to, change how I would talk to my husband, you know, I just include them in the conversation. And so I feel like my message could easily 
you know, be spoken to an adult or a child and you can still get, you know, this resonating message of, you know, love and wishing and welcomes and resilience and gratitude, no matter what your age. But I think how special is that to create this moment together, you know, just to have those words. Cause I feel like sometimes we just need other people's words. Sometimes, you know, we need to, you know, I, we need to repeat what other people say, like I can do hard things or yeah. you inspirational quote. And I'm really just hoping that this book can kind of bring the parent and child together and they create these little tender, simple moments that they can call back on later or just to remind them of the simple joys. So it does speak to everybody. So who knows? Maybe maybe somewhere out there we'll have like a single man reading my book with no kids. How cool would that be? (laughs) Amazing. And there is one line in there that it's, you wrote um, that life will be ups and downs. Do you remember, can you say that line for us? Because that that's one of my favorite ones. And I think it really speaks to um, being resilient, that, that you're going to go through tough stuff. And then there are going to be good days again. And that's what this is all about, right? That's what life is all about. Yeah. Um. I, I, and I don't know if this is the part you're speaking of, but I have, um, you know, this little illustration of a panda that's like torn or missing a mm-hmm. ear or a leg. And it's like a, a needle and thread is kind of going through fixing it. And in there it says, you know, believe in happy and honor sad. Try to make good even from bad. And you I mean, that can mean anything to anybody, you know, and to a child, it can mean that their toy got dirt on it. And that's so sad for them. You know what I mean? And to us as adults, it could mean something completely different and profound, but it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, there is happy and sad. And I'm going to honor both of them. Yeah. And I love it. Um, Leah, what is the, the one message that you would like? the listeners today and anyone who reads the love lottery to know about resilience, about being a resilient person in the face of whatever pain comes your way. I mean, I think when you change your expectations, you really do change your life and, you know, just don't make expectations so big that you can't achieve them and really do try to focus on the simple beauties of life because they are all around us. They are the people we love. They are the books we read. They are the flowers and the colors of this world. And, you know, I just, I really want to capture appreciated moments and share that and remind people of the beauty through the sad. So, I mean, that's my biggest goal. That's my, you know, that's my dream of sharing this message is you know, just to give a little heart hug and just be real. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. And then, um, you know, my dedication, I wrote for everybody and if it's okay with you, I'd really like to read it because I felt like just as, just as profound as, you know, this book of love was, 
I understand that there's always another side. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that balance of life, that yin and yang. And in my heart of hearts, I couldn't write a book focused on love without acknowledging the sadness, you know, yeah. the loss, yeah. like the the real things that people go through. So I didn't necessarily write my dedication for um any one person. I wrote it for everybody that would get this book. So here's, here's my dedication. Uh, To honor you, you have to honor others. To honor love, you have to honor loss. To honor success, you have to honor failure. To honor unknowns, you have to honor knowns. To honor dreams, you have to honor change. To honor comfort, you have to honor discomfort. To honor happy, you have to honor sad. I honor you in your journey of love, success, unknowns, dreams, comfort, and happiness. And I honor all you've had to go through to get there. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I am so excited for you, for the book. I love that we have been connected and that we have had the opportunity to share your story on the podcast today. Um, and I'm super excited to get my book in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Um, oh, the illustrations are really, they're gorgeous. And and you've done an amazing job. So thank you for sharing your heart with the world. Thank I, you. Thank you, Kaylee. I will post a link again to the Love Lottery Kickstarter in the show notes for today. And then it will also be on social media if you're watching this video online. and that's what we have for today. It's the first episode of the Life Journey podcast. It was so wonderful to have you, Leah. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. On next week's episode of the Life Story podcast, I'll be talking with Mireya Fouché, a Mexican-American woman on a mission with a passion for humanity. For over a decade, Mireya has been building platforms dedicated to serving underserved youth, and young adults nationally who have encountered homelessness. As the founder of One Heart, One Soul, and a mother to a Haitian Mexican toddler, she incorporates all things art and wellness into her days and believes there is power in our stories. They are our stories to tell. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode of the Life Story Podcast, Season 1, Stories of Resilience. Until next time.